Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. Okay, friends, before we dive into this episode with Bridget, I have a few things to share with you. So I'm going to start with a story. Many of you have already heard this. I've shared it on the podcast a few times. But a few months back in August, I made the decision that I was done feeling like money was short every month. I was done feeling like I wasn't worthy of making the income I desired to support me and my business. And I stumbled upon the Money Mentality Makeover course right around that time. And at first I was extremely triggered by it. It was like I was listening to some of Amanda Francis's podcast episodes. If you haven't listened to the one I shared with her, I would encourage you to go back and check it out. But I was listening to some of those and I was a little triggered, but I was intrigued. And for some reason, I just knew I needed to be in a part, be a part of the course. And that next month, I went from $4,000 a month to nearly $8,000 a month in my business. And I'm sharing this course for Amanda and sharing Amanda's work with you all because I am a strong believer in what she teaches around money. I could never do the whole like be like budget and, and cling to my money and save, save, save. Like I've always been smart and conscious around money, but I never felt like I should have to restrict getting a cup of coffee or buying something nice for myself. And the way Amanda teaches around money really does come from manifestation around our desires and feeling worthy of the amount of money we desire and calling in that amount of money. And so if you feel like you are struggling with your money situation in any shape and form, this course, and the, and the course is linked in the excuse me, in the show notes. So if you feel called to be a part of it, be sure to get on the wait list. Be sure to check out the landing page. Um, I believe when this podcast episodes airs, you will be, it will be open enrollment. Um, but if you do get on the wait list, I believe there's a $300 or $200 coupon. I can't remember the exact amounts. Um, Anyways, it doesn't even matter if you are an entrepreneur, a teacher, a, you know, whatever it may be, people who go through this course are able to manifest money in miraculous ways. So I would encourage you to check this out. If it's something that you continue to struggle with, money mindset is a barrier for you, go check it out. Um, the second announcement I have is there's going to be 
another round of the Become Magnetic Mastermind opening soon. You guys, I have chills talking about this. This is my soul's work. It is a program that is taking people from not having businesses or just starting their online coaching businesses or having one but not seeing the results they desire in, in it to blowing the F up and having that business. This is for coaches, people who want to become coaches in the online space, have a mobile business, have that freedom and flexibility in their life while living out the purpose and the mission that God has placed in their heart, the divine has placed in their heart. This is for people who want a soul-led spiritual business. So if you feel called to that, I'm also going to link in the show notes, the wait list. It's not open yet. I haven't decided when I'm going to officially open spots, but if you want to be one of the first people to get on this wait list, to hear about it, when it opens, I really encourage you to get your name on the wait list because you guys, this is sold out every single year. I'm opening up a couple more spots this year, but I anticipate that it will sell out really quickly. I've been having people reach out asking me when I'm going to open another round or if I'm going to do another round. So just so you know, get your name on the wait list. That is in the show notes as well. Now, let's dive into this episode with Bridget. You guys, Bridget is one of my clients. She recently came to one of my retreats and she is actually a part of the Become Magnetic Mastermind as well. Incredible story, incredible journey, and just a passionate woman who wants to speak to energy and health and wellness and food and the journey she's been on spiritually and expansively is incredible. So what a, without further ado, I'm so excited to share Bridget and her energy with you all. Enjoy. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. For all the listeners, Bridget and I go way back, I think. <laughs> way, way back. Like maybe mimosas in cold Minnesota. Yeah, mimosas. I th- was the first time we met, though, at the retreat, maybe two years ago? Yes, in Breckenridge, Colorado. Yeah, so how beautiful is that? <laughs> She has been on this journey of entrepreneurship with me since the beginning of time, basically. That was like, I remember meeting you and feeling instantly connected with you, instant recognition really of us both being in the light worker space. And I didn't know what that was at the time, but I knew there was some resonance there. So I'm so excited to share each with each of you, Bridget and her story and how far she's come and the, the experience she's been on. Um, the past few years and and yeah so why don't you just share with the listeners a little bit about you who you are what you do and how you really got to where you are today mm, yes <laughs> um and before i go there i have to say too at that retreat um was when you decided to leave grad school and that brought you to the beautiful place you are today so that has been magical to see <laughs> but um i am bridget um all the things. I feel like this can be a loaded question sometimes. Um, I am an Iowa born and raised girl um, from Iowa. It took me to Wisconsin with my amazing husband. Um, and we actually just recently moved to Arizona, which I'm obsessed with. 
Um, so we moved here in the middle of the warm, hot summer. Um, and I'm loving life right now because it's gorgeous out. But I am a mom. I have two girls, almost five-year-old. I have a little Valentine's Day baby and a 16th-month-old. So Rowan and Indy are my two girlies. Um, I originally started entrepreneurship in the health and wellness space, which, you know, looking back through work with Shelby and through work with another coach, um, that can be kind of a common space that people – start with especially in a spiritual journey even though for me I definitely did not think it was a spiritual journey until I don't know five months ago <laughs> um yes I totally resonate with that and yeah like a rabbit hole we could go down today too <laughs> yeah so um that is how I began which was really beautiful because one it was right after I had my first baby girl and I kind of had to learn to re-love myself and let go of mom guilt, wife guilt, um, and really just have something that like truly lit my passion and lit my heart on fire. Um, and being like a college athlete, I was passionate about healthy living. I just felt kind of lost amongst it all. Um, so that gave me a really good outlet. Um, and just let me kind of like thrive and shine through that. It connected me with amazing women such as Shelby um, and so many other women that I have learned so much through. Um, it helped me have such a healthy second pregnancy. Um, and then it was also a positive vessel because after I had my second baby, I struggled greatly with um, postpartum depression. Um, so... I think through that and through the connections I had, I was able to recognize that and know that it was okay to, to seek help um, because I was doing all the things that maybe would help some people. And unfortunately that, that wasn't enough for me. So um, it, I, I did seek help for that, which is much better now. Um, but from there, uh, my family moved across country to Arizona and um, living in Arizona is where I kind of reconnected with Shelby, actually, because we didn't really distance, but we just, you know, she went to Colorado with lives and everything else. So she kept popping up in my life. Um, and then eventually I reached out to her <laughs> a roundabout way of, um, I need some help with some things. And she was so generous to send me all of these amazing women who had openings for coaching opportunities. And I was like, well, you know, I just really want to work with you. Um, and so through that journey, um, that took me to Shelby's retreat, which I literally sat and pondered on for probably at least a month. And then messaged Shelby and booked a flight the Monday before I flew out on Thursday, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I paid for the retreat and booked a flight to literally fly out on Thursday, and it was Monday of that week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so through that, I mean, it's just been constant growth of, of a journey with raising a family, a journey with finding a passion, and then realizing that that passion didn't fulfill me as much. So, um, transitioning, rerouting, like deciding to let go and welcome the new, which is a scary journey. Um, but when you surround yourself with the right people, it, it kind of just all aligns. So, 
Um, do you want me to speak about the retreat experience a little bit right now, or are we going to touch on that later? Yeah, why don't you share a little bit of like, because I think that's really powerful for people who've never been to a retreat. I know for us, like the retreat we were on the first time and then being in another really beautiful energetic container when we were back in Breckenridge um, this past, what is it, October. Um, why don't you just share a little bit about the experience you had and what that was like being in that space with other women who are on the same journey as you? Yeah. Oh gosh. It was incredible. And it's one of those things too, I think, you know, we're sometimes hold back from investing in ourselves, but if you ever have like a nudge, like do it because when you invest, you're going to receive tenfold. Um, and so <clears throat> even though I, I held myself back around stories and, and mom guilt and whatever, as soon as I decided and like fully committed, I knew everything in my body told me it was so right. It was so right. Um, and then like, oh, I just got full body chills. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> it was just, you, you connect with these women and, and I don't know if it's because we arrived just with such an open heart. I mean, I know that Shelby definitely sets very strong, powerful intentions on what, when you're arriving, like what type of energy you're coming into and, how you you start receiving and and transforming your life in the best way as soon as you enroll in the retreat or whatever it may be. Um, so we arrived and just in in such a short time we went from having coffee to having lunch to packing a vehicle, which we had amazing packing skills that day. Tetris, literally Tetris in a car. <laughs> Tetris in a car. Um, but just in the first, I want to say hour, maybe two hours. I don't know. It was like we were in a, a time capsule. Mm -hmm. Time didn't exist. Um, we had massive healing and breakthroughs within at least the first hour of meeting. I met Emily from the UK. Um, and I met mm -hmm. Shelby's best friend at the airport. And the conversations and how deep we went uh, as far as like childhood healing and, you know, clearing negative stories. It was, it was powerful from the get-go. There was just a very high energy about everything as soon as you stepped off that plane in Colorado. Um, and it continued up the mountain. I, I set the intention um, when I went into this retreat that I wanted to gain clarity. Like that was my main thing. Like it came through very strong that that is what I needed in my journey. And, you know, Shelby held the space for, for me to gain that clarity, but it was on our drive up the mountain. And I'm a talker. Maybe you can hear right now. <laughs> and I told the girls in the car, I'm a talker. I feel the silence. So please speak up. Cause we are not, you know, we all have a different energy. We all have a different human design. Um, but I did share quite a bit about where I was at in life. And another woman, KB, the most beautiful soul, um, gave me clarity in about like a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to like interject of how powerful that is, is like one, when we set those intentions, like each person coming into that retreat is 1 million percent going to get transformations because I've set that intention for each of you, but it's not me 
creating the transformations. It's the power of calling on that higher power to come in and work through each of the women that come into those spaces so that each of us get the activation that we need. It's 1222 here right now, of course. And so it's, you know, that intention layered with the intentions of each of the women that they're going to get exactly what they need when they come into those spaces. And so if you're in the coaching space, I just want to write like reflect this to each of you that it's not you doing the coaching it's the power of the divine working through you and so if you can call on that power your clients are going to get 10 times the results than if you were the one thinking that you possibly could create the transformation for your clients and so I just want to reflect that to anyone who's listening of like that is why I think being in this energy of the retreat is so powerful is that we set the container and we set the intentions so that there is no way you can't leave here and your with your life being changed. Um, yeah, and I think that's definitely the power because honestly, <laughs> to all listening, um, two months prior to this, I literally like I loved Shelby and everything about her, but I would say she's too woo for me, like. I literally said that and then to open my heart and actually step in and, and be open to understanding something that I just had a lot of fear stories around because it did dig deep. It did like make me look at past traumas and, uh, you know, do childhood work that I was avoiding, that I was resisting. Mm -hmm. So it was never going to go away because the more I resisted it, the more it was just more present than ever in my life. And so coming together and that I just remember being in meditations and being with this just most vibrant group of women. And it's as though we are connect all connected, like through a big source of light above us in this adorable Airbnb that we're in. I just, I've never felt such an impactful energy before. And now, now I crave it because I was able to heal so much in three two and a half days, I think three or two and a half days. I don't remember. It was, it was literally a time capsule. <laughs> um, I just, I healed on such a massive level Mm -hmm. Um, and I came back having, I was just rejuvenated and I felt like I renewed myself, which as a mom and as a wife, like I got to come in and share that with my family, which just makes me like my heart so proud and happy because I came home and I was able to love deeper for my husband. Mm -hmm. I was able to reframe my mindset as a mother um, whereas when I left, I was, I was struggling as a mother with, with an almost five-year-old that she was reflecting me as a child who, me as a child, I felt very misunderstood, but yet I wasn't necessarily taking the time to understand her. So I, it just really kicked off such a big piece of my journey, a big piece of my growth. And now, you know, I meditate with my daughter every day. I speak to her differently. Mm -hmm. Our relationship has grown in the most incredible way. My husband and I's relationship has grown drastically. How I, you know, that was before the holidays. So I, I went into the holidays. Um, you know, I still had some anxiety because that was always a passing for me, but Shelby helped me learn, which I think we'll speak down to this. So, inner, like how to protect my energy, how to set more clear intentions. Um, 
and really go into those situations, whether it be holidays or, or group interactions or even like just your workplace. I think knowing how to protect your energy and set intentions can be so powerful. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk about when you weren't protecting your energy. What was that like? Like when you would go into spaces, how would you feel like being an empath, being a light worker? What is it like when we're, when you're not protecting your energy? What does that feel like for you? Oh, being an empath and prior to knowing I was an empath. Okay. So this is like the best example I have. I would walk into like Starbucks um, and instantly I would kind of cower over, my shoulders would sink forward, I would get really anxious, I would get really nervous, I would start saying all of these stories, these people are looking at me, they think I'm dressed funny, the baristas hate me because I have a complicated order, and they're judging me, they're, you know, what, whatever, like, it was non-stop, within, like, how long does it take to go to Starbucks, like, five minutes, like, the amount of emotions and energy and because you're absorbing everybody's energy as you walk in, your ego is telling you all these incredibly harsh stories, like, and it just spirals, and it's, <laughs> it's unpleasant. <laughs> I think all of us can relate to that on such a deep level. I'm like, oh, me, when I used to go into Target, I couldn't make eye contact with people. I would be, like, like hiding. Like, I felt like I had to hide all the time. And I think the part of that's, like, the massive ego that we each have that's a little fucking crazy, but also the protecting your energy piece. So what is it, like, what is, let's, let's start there, like, what does protecting your energy actually mean? Like, what, for the someone who has no idea, what does that mean? Um, well, I will, I will give you, like, my interpretation of it. So, normally I would walk into that place and, like, mm, I don't know how to properly say this. So, gosh, I don't, I'm not finding the right words of how to explain it really. It's just kind of like, instead of walking into a place and like, just like letting whatever comes into you and like, kind of like bounce off you or absorb into you. Like if you walk into a place and somebody starts screaming at you, like obviously that makes you like cringe and, and cower and like, but you're probably not going to allow that or you're going to leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yet that's happening on a level where like people aren't yelling at you, but they have whether that inner voice or, or whatever is, is yelling. So it, you may not verbally hear it, but you absorb it as mm -hmm. if it were verbal. Is that? Yeah, no, it's like you're feeling the energy. So I think of it as like a boundary. Like I'm just having really solid boundaries of what is what I'm available for. What you know, and if I feel something and I'm like, ooh, is this mine? Then I just know I haven't set really clear boundaries with the energy in the room of like, I'm only available to feel what's truly mine, what is like my shit to take care of, right? Because we, we all have our own shit, but sometimes it's easier for people who are not empathic to like project it onto other people and say, I'm going to get rid of this. And, and us as light workers often take the brunt of that because we are like the bugs to the light. People want to be in our energy. They want to feel it. And so sometimes the, the lower density frequencies, if we haven't set those boundaries, will start to latch onto us or start to throw shit onto us because we can purge it. We can deal with it. And if they're not able to 
purge and deal with their own shit, then sometimes it ends up coming onto us. So we've set those boundaries so that we're not constantly feeling drained or anxious or like all this freak, like, I just feel that it's like this like vibration that doesn't feel good. It's like a vibration in my body that's like anxiousness or like a weird, funky energy. So yeah, that's what I think of it as, but I think what, exactly what you said. It's like we're feeling all the people yelling that aren't actually yelling at us. So what do you do to protect your energy? Like if you were going to walk into Starbucks, what is your, do you have a ritual that you go through now? Like how are you starting to set those boundaries with the outside world? Um, yeah, so I think like you explained it one way as like the zip up, zip down method, um, which is like pretend, you know, you're, you're in your space and you go down to your feet and you zip all the way up and pretend like you're zipping, I don't know, a big jacket or blanket over top of you and zip all the way back down to your feet. I don't personally use that method, but I like to at least explain it because I think it's powerful and it's like a good visual. I like to more so, and it's not like I don't necessarily have to do a ritual now when I leave the house because mm -hmm. every so often I would say, but when you are meditating and journaling and just being more aware, when you're in your home and like your normal space, I don't have to like be as cognizant. It was more so one, when I was returning from the retreat specifically, I envisioned myself with this, you know, like big bubble or think of it maybe as like a snow globe around you. And it was a big like aura of, of white light. Um, and I've listened to somebody else who, who did a guided meditation too, that if it helps for you to do a ritual or a meditation, you like take a deep breath in, hold it. And every time you let it out, you're like filling that bubble with that white light. Mm. So imagine the light is coming through the top of your head and just kind of like blowing up that, that balloon around you. Um, so the first time I really set that into practice was leaving the retreat because I had such like a high vibrating energy. Mm -hmm. So I did that and normally what you explained to target is how I would be in an airport. Like, just, yeah. I mean, there's so many people. Um, so I, I imagine doing that and on in line with that in certain situations where I knew with so many people going into that airport that day, um, I had to be like, I stand extra tall in my power if you want to say it that way. So mm -hmm. I did my kind of like energetic bubble that was full of like protecting me. But I also imagined that I had big, beautiful, long, white angel wings. Mm. And that came through through a meditation on the retreat um, that that was just like my highest self. Mm -hmm. So I, I imagined that specifically that day. And I just could tell like it was as if when I walked through the airport, I was just like walking on a cloud. Like it was just easy I just felt my absolute best, which I think the energy from all the women at the retreat probably helped that as well. But I remember specifically, I want to share this. <laughs> Ego tells me like, oh, don't share this. But um, it needs to be shared. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I walked through the airport, so I, I envisioned that. I had put on like pretty pink lipstick, like I was in my highest power. And... I had seen um, some Jamaican men when I was checking through security. They didn't see me there. I just, I think I was behind them. 
And then as I walked to my gate, still protecting my energy with my angel wings, um, I passed them at their gate and they looked at me and said the word angel. Mm. So for me, I was like, they were almost confirming. Yes. And I have heard that other um, countries or ethnicities can actually see, see more of the aura than we can. I don't know if that's true. Or they're probably more tapped into tuned in. There's probably certain cultures that are, this is more of a norm, right? So we think this is such a crazy thing here to be able to see auras. And I can tell you right now is I can see auras around people. I, if I tune into it, we all have that capacity, but there's so much numbing out and so much like we have so much like input coming in and we're all so living in our heads. We're not actually fully embodying that. We're like trying to see from the level of the mind rather than the level of the soul. And so there's a lot more countries who, and, and likely cultures that, that are more tapped in and tuned into this because it is a more of a norm and more of a known thing. Whereas here it's seen as like too woo or crazy. Like you were saying earlier, is like we've been programmed a different way here to believe that this <clears> stuff is, you know, out there or like witchcraft. I was just having a conversation with one of my friends who like grew up super Catholic. And she's like, I just like, I was told that this stuff was witchcraft as a kid. And it's like, no, this is just God, spirit, angels, universe. But we are, we have a different connotation here. And so I think that's what, what it is, is that there's different cultures who are just more tuned into this because it's more of a norm. It's not seen as bad or it's not seen as weird. It's just seen as yeah, this is angels, God, universe working through us. And this is the norm. And like when we are tuned into this frequency, it's not shut down. We all have these gifts. So yeah, I love that you brought that up. It's just a different, different culture. Yeah. And it just takes like playing with and seeing what works best for you. I've also kind of like, if you, if you were really down a negative spiral, I'll do that in my house, like the meditation where the light comes through my head and I just like breathe out the light so that it like fills up my house mm. so that I'm safe. I am protected. When we traveled back for the holidays, I imagined that energetic bubble, like that snow globe balloon around me actually enveloped me and my entire family. So, mm. so I created an energetic bubble for me, my husband and my two girls. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And I think the thing about energy practices is that it could be different for every one of us. Right. And like, I think just the awareness piece is powerful too. Like the energy bubble, I'll do that if I feel it, but I don't feel like I need to create, like actually like think about creating a, a bubble around myself anymore because I've set those boundaries that like now, if I notice a shift, I can just like command it out. I'm like, okay, this isn't mine. Like this needs to go. Whereas in the past, it just didn't have the awareness that it was picking up other stuff. So I think for you is like playing around with what feels good. It could be the bubble. It could be the zipper. It could be just like, witnessing what's going on and really like creating some sort of you know affirmation that you're gonna ask the the guides angel of the universe to remove it when it's there um so yeah thank you for sharing i want to go back because you mentioned something about like shifting and pivoting and i think this is really powerful of like witnessing when it's scary to make a change and knowing that like this isn't working but how did you, how did you come to that realization? Right. So I think a lot of us do this on our journeys where we like start something. And I did the same thing when I was doing health and wellness coaching. So like we go down the avenue, we're going down the, that trail and we're blazing ahead. And all of a sudden something doesn't feel good or something doesn't feel right. So I want to ask is how did you know that the path you were going down was no longer in alignment for you? Like what were the signs that showed up in your life when it came to 
no, the knowing that this wasn't right for you? Um, <laughs> there was a lot of tension. So a lot of tension between my husband and I, um, and not really like spoken. It was just like, he would try and ask me about how my day was. And I just like, what it, why would you ask me how my day was? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and then just like a lack of joy. Like I just, I, again, kind of like when I started that journey, I just was feeling empty and any of the, the, the work that I used to do just, just felt like 10 times as hard. Like I couldn't even some days force myself to do it. It, mm -hmm. it was, it was really interesting. And it was, it was so obvious, like looking back, like, but I think you get to a point where I am like an Enneagram three and I'm a people pleaser and mm -hmm. I like achieving and I ooh, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I am a people pleaser. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about those. Yeah. Cause I think I want to actually, <clears throat> pause for a second is like sometimes we take a personality test and we, we get this feedback and then we identify ourselves with it. I am an Enneagram three and I am a people pleaser, right? So you just created an identity around that of like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Back and being like, Oh, well, there's actually no boxes. There's no labels. We are all, you know, this may be giving me feedback of where I am right now in this moment, but that doesn't actually mean anything about me as a person as whole. So it, it can be feedback, but I just want to, you know, reframe, like, let's not get caught up in the language again, which we, we all reflect back to each other, right? Of like, what is the story I just told myself? <laughs> Watch your language, girlfriend. That's what Shelby says to me probably weekly. <laughs> So this is the beauty of working with a coach is they call you out on those stories mm -hmm. and help you reframe it. Cause it's not about saying you're wrong. It's about saying, okay, how can we shift that? How can we say, you know, I live my life for me and my family vibrantly every day, or, you know, I do the work that brings me joy and therefore I receive for it. Mm -hmm. I would Yes. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just looking at like, what is, what are, what are, and we all do this. I'm not putting Bridget on blast and simply sharing because each of us has a story we're telling and Bridget's story is going to be different than the story I tell myself every day, but we don't even catch them because sometimes they're so programmed, right? It's just like mm -hmm. catching that something feels out of alignment. Sometimes it's really hard because we've identified with ourselves with the thing we're doing rather than realizing that we are actually nothing. We're just souls and that we get a shift and change and mold and that you can be one thing in one moment and decide that that's not a story you want. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's bad, but you get to decide what your truth is and what the story you choose to tell is for your life. So I, I'm glad that that came up and through because there's likely someone listening who's saying a similar story. And it's like, that's actually not what we need to believe is true. You actually get to rewrite that in every moment at any time. Um, so sorry, I totally derailed. You were talking about like just realizing that you were going down people pleasing tendencies and that there was, there was something that needed to shift. So do you remember where we left off on that? Like, cool. Yeah. And I think even now, because I haven't really necessarily talked about this part of my journey for quite some time, um, because, because like going to that retreat, like I think if I hadn't have, have gone to your retreat, I would have been in that spiral for probably maybe until now, like, mm. because I, 
I set the intention. I wanted clarity on that retreat. And so I received it mm-hmm. and my heart was open to it. Um, and so then I came back and I, I made the changes I needed to make, even though that meant sobbing and being so sad to, to tell people that I was changing my path and being afraid of losing friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we can all, all relate to that. Um, funny because I just told my coach I was struggling like crying lately <laughs> so it's coming up you're feeling my energy I had a good cry purge this morning <laughs> so and I think it even goes back to the point where like my soul has been telling me this for years I think since college to be honest because um I played softball in college but only for two years because after two years I just I had lost the joy And I, you know, which was hard because like I was, I was the achiever in softball. I was the best pitcher and the best shortstop. And, and then when it got hard, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, and I lost, I lost the joy. So I moved schools, but then I still went back to kind of that old programming of as a child, I was in all the activities. I was a straight A student, um, you know, and that's, that's just really how I, like, how I felt seen, mm-hmm. um, and felt loved and felt accepted. Um, so I continued that. And, I, and, and when I started health and wellness, it, it, again, it was like, well, do this and you'll be successful. And, and why would you, why would you choose a different path when you see the success that's right at your fingertips? Just check off the boxes. Mm-hmm. And I did it. I did that for long enough. And it, it brought the people that I think it was meant to bring into my life. It, it helped my family grow. It, it actually is what helped my husband grow most in his personal and professional development, literally without having gone through that journey for almost three years, he wouldn't have grown and found his own worthiness, which then helped him work up in his corporate career mm-hmm. and gain the confidence and gain the clarity and gain the self-worth. It strengthened our marriage, but it was just at the time where you, I had to accept like that's not joyful for me anymore. My heart is screaming for a different direction. And Mm -hmm. I resisted listening because of past programming of like, but I see this success. I just need to push harder. I just need to work harder. I just, I just need to, you know, work as hard as they do or why, you know, so it was all those stories and a big, a huge weight was lifted. I, it was so needed to to gain that clarity on that car ride up the mountain because then when we stepped into that house, the massive healing came through. And I just want to honor you for sharing that and being so vulnerable because it's not easy to share like the stories that were, that were holding me back from really fully being the most authentic expression of self. Right. And this is what I think this journey is all about is recognizing like not everything is for us. And what is the reason behind what behind what I'm doing? Like what is taking that step back? And I'm, I honor you for doing this because most people will spend their entire lives without ever taking the step back to say, am I actually really happy though? Is this what my soul actually came here to do? 
do I feel joy in my life? Like, and if we can't have that, like, what's the freaking point, right? If we're so locked up in like the doingness and not the like living and being, like, what's the fucking point? And that's what I just go back to every day is like, I'm going to piss some people off for living the life I live. I'm going to make some people confused. Some people are going to wonder like, what the hell I'm doing. Some people are going to think I'm a failure for what I'm doing, but none of that matters because I'm happy. Right. And so like, that's, that is the biggest thing. I think if we can take away anything from your journey is like, you have the audacity to live your life for you. Right. Not what anyone else wanted for you. Not what your, you know, fellow coaches wanted for you. Not what, you know, who, who X, Y, Z wanted for you, not what your coaches in high college wanted for you. It's like living because it makes you happy. And the moment we start doing something because we want to achieve something or we want something for the outcome, right? It's like, there's a difference between desires and achieving things for like, this will make me happy or I'm already happy and this is just going to add to my joy. There's difference there. And I, you know, I just honor the fact that like some things aren't for all of us and that we have to each find our own paths and that you took the step back to ask for the clarity and, and recognize that it wasn't for you. You know, so often we just sit in the, the unhappiness without the bravery to really look at if this is for us or not. Yeah. And accepting that, like, obviously you feel the joy within, but it, it again had such a drastic positive impact on my marriage and on my relationship with my girls too, because when you're resisting and there's that tension, like I was projecting my energy. So instead of protecting my family and holding them in the positive, most vibrant energy that they deserve and that I deserve, it was a negative energy because there was so much fear and mm-hmm. so much doubt. And yeah, the fear and doubt comes in like, but that that's life. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, you know, now have the practices where I can learn to get through it faster or I can just, just be open about it too. Like I've let go of like, Oh, I have to like be picture perfect every day mm-hmm. or, you know, be the only rock there is. And, and, do it all perfectly. Like I am me. I am authentically me every single day. I try and share. I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly happy most days, but I still try and share too and be transparent of like when postpartum took me down a really dark road and that still isn't always gone. Um, which I'm working on, on healing through meditation. Um, But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so fucking relatable, right? It's like, we're not happy every day. That's not the reality, right? There's joy, but there's, no, there's those moments where it's like, sometimes you got to like cry it out and be angry and do the thing. But when it's consistent and it's showing up and we're projecting it onto other people, and I love this, I'm just going to like share this tidbit too of like, when we're noticing ourselves take that energy out onto other people we love in our lives, because I just had this experience this weekend, I was like, not fulfilling, not giving myself love, right? Like all of my fear stories were showing up, all of my unworthiness stories were showing up, and I wasn't giving myself love. And I took that out on my partner. Right. And I saw myself in that moment. I could see myself. I could reflect back. And I was like sitting there being like, I don't want to feel this way towards my partner. And I'm still like 
feeling anger towards them because I wasn't giving myself the love. And so it's like, if it's the consistent thing, it's figuring out what is causing that and removing it from the life. And it's like, we always have an option. We always have an alternate choice. We always have something else that we can do for our lives and for our families and for whatever it may be that that shift is necessary even if it's scary, even if it feels like we have to let go of something, even if we feel like what the hell are we, where the hell are we going to go from here? It's in letting go that we create space for that other thing to come through. And so I know you're in this, this transition phase and you're, you're kind of figuring out what are your passions, but have you had some clarity come through and letting go of that scary thing? Is there some things that have shown up for you that really light you up and that bring you passion, that bring you joy? Is there any sense of like, this is what's next? Why don't you share like what, what's coming up for you? Oh my goodness. Um, so many things. I will say like something I put off and off and off. Well, well one, I started a blog, mm-hmm. which I was so excited to launch. And I I had considered doing it for years and just was like, oh, you know, I was using Facebook and Instagram as my blog already, essentially. Mm-hmm. But having, you know, kind of like my blog, like that is mine. I own it. Like I get to really dig deeper and share more, I feel. Um, and then, so that, that was, you know, kind of phase one that totally lit me up. Um, and then phase two, I actually just released this last week, I want to say, or the week prior, um, launches on demand. So as a mom of two little ones, and I had a baby who, was uh, my first baby was failure to thrive. So it was a, like, she turned one and I was literally like, I survived a year with this child <laughs> like um because just she could she had surgery at three months and if you want to hear more of that story it's it's on my social medias but um I just developed a strong fear around food and then to like navigating as a mom like you're feeding tiny humans like yes they kind of eat what you eat but they don't really eat what you eat and I li- like I listed I remember listening to like a Dave um Ramsey no, because um, Dave Asprey, because he's a bulletproof owner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listening to one of his books, and he talked about just the importance for our children of fueling them, especially for breakfast with the proper foods and how many were lacking. And that's kind of why we were potentially seeing so many things rise in ADD and ADHD because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe your child, and nothing against parents and nutrition. I just. I have a strong passion for educating parents, giving them simple ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, sh- like having a bowl of sugar, having a bowl of cereal, which unfortunately in this day and age, just make sure you're reading your labels, but having a bowl of cereal versus having, you know, some toast with avocado or some eggs, like getting them those healthy fats. Like I definitely overlooked feeding you know, things like avocado and coconut oil, like, and now, like, I remember hearing that, like, feeding your kid healthy fat in the morning is, like, the best thing you can do for their brain, and Mm. so I just took a lot of pride then in what I was feeding my daughter, like, making, making my food, and again, I try and keep it so simple, but that's why I created Lunches on Demand, um, because it just lays out four weeks of, of lunches, pictures, what's in every, like, lunchbox, and it's, and then 20 recipes, I think. And it's, I mean, I focused it towards moms and kids, 
But honestly, I mean, I use those recipes for myself. I use them for my husband. (laughs) I've seen it. It's dope. Everyone needs it. (laughs) (laughs) It's 19 pages of, of, yeah, food. Um, But that's, that's really been, like, my main passion. And for a while, like, one, I always created a story. Ironically, I created a story that I wasn't creative. Mm. But yet, all along, I was creating in the kitchen. I was just viewing like, oh, creative means like you decorate your home and you are an artist and you're good at drawing or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But I was, I had been creating for years. Um, And I took a lot of pride in that too, because growing up, I did not, I did not necessarily learn healthy nutrition. I think pretty much all of us who grew up in my generation we had steak and potatoes and lots of pop and lots of candy. And we were lucky to have like iceberg lettuce in our house, mm. <laughs> like literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so in college, you know, when our body's metabolism doesn't work the same, I was like, oh, I have to change what I'm eating. I can't literally eat lasagna on bread, like for every dinner. Cause I'm like, your brain is growing and you need so much more to your nutrition, just like the healthy fat for my toddler. Mm -hmm. So that was when I first had like bell peppers and Brussels sprouts. Like I was in college. So I just, you know, since then I just have continued to teach myself and then now have a newfound pride for that with my girls Mm -hmm. and kids are, aren't always easy to feed either. So I want other parents to see that, it doesn't have to be hard. You can find simple, sustainable, cost-effective um, options. So that's kind of been where I've focused a lot of my attention now. But I have oh, probably like pages of ideas on. Mm-hmm. I had two book downloads come through that I eventually want to write. That is probably further out in the future. But um, also passionate about couples and just, you know, creating that really healthy relationship. So, um, we'll eventually have a couple's retreat for, for couples who, you know, are on their journey together. So they've already grown quite massively, whether that be in the career, personally, all of the things, and they're ready to surround themselves with other couples who are in that same mm. same realm. And maybe they're curious on spirituality or, you know, just open to the conversation that how other people have grown in marriage and life um, and careers and just, you know, like surround themselves with that like high vibrant, positive culture. Mm. I love that. So it sounds like a crap time came through when you let go of the stuff that's not in alignment. Hmm, lesson for us all, let go of the shit that doesn't feel good and all the other yeah. shit that through. Amazing. Yeah, and I well, won't even read the rest of the list because it's like never, I mean, as I talk, I'm like, ooh, and this and this and this and this. But that's the beauty too is like you get to pivot. So it's like I have a blog, but it's my name. So I get to pivot too if I I decide to go a different route and just like Shelby, like I'm very passionate about coaching women through whether it be business or personal. Um, And I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to be on my spiritual journey and to grow in that too, especially with, with my daughter. And I have lots of ideas around that for other moms who maybe want to, 
either learn how to meditate with their children um, alongside like the lunches on demand. I've started, well, this entire school year, I've added in little notes into my daughter's lunchbox. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just picked them up from like target clearance section. Like they're like, you're a unicorn, you're a rock star. And some are blank. So then I've tried to like go deeper on like what I'm writing to her, whether they be affirmations or whether they be asking her to give a friend a compliment or asking her to give a high five to a friend so that it's also encouraging like that positive interaction amongst kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So eventually I would love to create kind of like a mama deck where they can have that on hand and throw it in the lunch boxes because I didn't realize how impactful it was and I just kind of did it. And then, I mean, a few days here and there, I wouldn't do it. And when I had a parent-teacher conferences, the teacher told me how routine my daughter was, which I was a bit surprised by. And she said, you know, every day for lunch, she grabs her name tag. She has to sit in the same spot. She eats her lunch. When she's done with her lunch, she brings over her lunch box and she asks the teacher to read whatever I wrote on the card that day. Mm. So for me, I was like, ah, she can't read. So I don't really know if she, you know, but that just told my heart that like this is something you have to continue amazing Uh, well Bridget it has been so wonderful sharing you with the audience and everything that you've really grown through and transformed in the past few months I would say even uh where can people find you where can they find this dope recipe guide what where do you like to hang out give us all the things um (laughs) all the things I'm on Instagram and Facebook Bridget Wyman. I assume, well, my, I assume my name will be on here. Yeah, we'll link everything in the show notes. Too. I don't want to spell it out. Um, and then my blog as well is just BridgetWyman.com. So there is um, a new products page on my blog, which features lunches on demand. Um, there's also details on my coaching on my blog. But otherwise, I love showing up on Instagram every single day with my dance parties and all of my recipes and my cute little princesses and my hubby, my awesome hubby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you and I'm excited to share you with the audience. Thank you.